Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy. I am your host, David C., as always. Hey there, Mavs fans, and welcome to another episode of Mavs Content Crazy, the playoff edition. And in today's episode, the Mavericks get stomped in the fourth quarter, 109-129, to 129, and what is going on with our Maverick defense? So, Mavs fans, it's kind of hard to sugarcoat this one. This is not one that we can uh, really take a whole lot of positives away from. Uh, let's start with the bad. First things first. Before I get back to the positives and the things I think the Mavericks still can do, let's start with the biggest one of all, the biggest negative, and also could be the biggest positive for the Mavericks in this series. And that is our defense, or lack thereof, I should say. The Mavericks' defense is just not clicking right now. And it's hard to put a finger on why. Because the Mavericks had been so efficient on the defensive side of the ball in the 2022 calendar year. They were great against the Utah Jazz on the defensive side, holding them under 100 points virtually every single game. But now things have definitely changed, and the Mavericks are really struggling right now to contain Phoenix and what they're doing. And obviously, Phoenix is a very good team. They are a very efficient team, but they were not the most high potent offense in the NBA this season. That was the Utah Jazz. They were the number one offensive team this year. So the fact that Phoenix, who was fifth in offensive efficiency, is absolutely picking apart our Maverick defense right now is a little perplexing. I'm not sure why. I, I don't know what's going on there. It, 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 I understand that they have some good players. I understand there's some good things going on on their side. Uh, Chris Paul obviously is doing what he's doing, and he does everything in an efficient manner. He's not wasteful when it comes to his shot selection. He doesn't commit a lot of turnovers, but we are making him look like 26-year-old Chris Paul and not 36-year-old Chris Paul the way he is right now. Doreen Finney-Smith is the primary defender on him most times, and he seems to be able to get whatever he wants against Dorian, and... Dorian looks like a slower defender because Paul is able to blow by him at will. And again, this is something that I did not see coming. I, I definitely didn't anticipate Dorian struggling to guard Chris Paul the way he has so far in this series. Um, it's, it's very interesting to watch how Chris Paul does what he does against our defenders. Now, obviously, he, he's getting a lot of foul calls against our guys, and that's just really going across the the entire team right now. Everyone seems to be in foul trouble every time you look up in these games. And that right there is probably one of the most frustrating parts to watch is we're not playing smart defense. We're committing silly fouls, little touch fouls and things like that. And I get it. You can say the referee is being a little tight when it gets to some of these calls. But if the refs are calling things tight early in a game, you have to acknowledge that. And make sure you're not giving them a reason to call some of these touch fouls the way that they are. But we keep putting our hands out there. We keep pushing guys in the back. And you know Chris Paul is going to do that swim-through move that Kevin Durant patented 
many years ago, which I think the NBA needs to change the rule on, in my opinion. That's not even a foul. If a defender who just has his hands out has a player just try to swing his arms through his one arm that's just out there, that's not a foul on the defender. That's a foul on the offensive guy or a no call for him committing to the play and forcing the issue into the player. Uh, that was a big point of emphasis that if a offensive player jumps into players this season, that they weren't going to call it. I don't see how that play is any different because he's forcing his way into the defender's arm and it is called a foul every single time. And I don't think that should really be. I think they should really change something when it comes to that foul call. But that's neither here nor there. Chris Paul right now, as I said, is just doing that move, getting foul calls and all of our guys are always in foul trouble every time uh, the first quarter is over. We have multiple guys who have at least two fouls, some with three fouls by the end of the first. And when this game started, it looked like it was a carbon copy of the first game. With the Mavericks coming out extremely cold, committing turnovers, and Phoenix just hitting their shots to start the game. And when you give them that kind of confidence to start, then... There's really nothing to dissuade that as they move forward, especially as our defense is not playing well right now. I mean, to give up 124 points in the first game and then give up 129 points in the second game, that's not great. <laughs> that's not the defense that we've become accustomed to seeing from our Mavericks. And um, I hope that it gets back to a little bit more of the norm when they get back here to Dallas tonight here on Friday night as we have another late tip-off again on TNT at 9 o'clock. But I hope a little bit of home cooking will change that for the Mavericks and, and kind of get their confidence rebuilt because we do look like a team who is um, not as confident and a little shell-shocked about what has happened to them in these first two games. And they don't have time to be sad about it you only get one day off between games and then you play again so the Mavericks have to pick themselves up off the mat and deal with that first gut punch that they took from Phoenix in these first two games Luca right now is still playing out of this world basketball and he's doing everything possible to keep the Mavericks in some of these games but it's not about just Luka there has to be other players that step up and help him and so far in this series you've only always had one guy uh, helping him in game one it was Maxi who had 16 points and of course Luka did what he did and now here in game two the only person who had more than 15 points was Reggie Bullock who had 16 and, and that is a problem. As I said, Luca is going to give you everything he can and is going to play absolutely well, which he has done, I mean, in a big, big way for this Mavericks team in this series so far. He is playing efficient, shooting the ball, and doing everything he can to help our team win. Luca played 36 minutes, had 35 points, 5 rebounds, and 7 assists, going 13 of 22 from the field and 5 of 10 from the three-point line along with, with one steal. And also went 4 or 5 from the line. So, I mean, those are insane shooting numbers for Luka. And an insane stat line for Luka in this one. But I just don't know what's happening with the rest of our guys. We're just not getting enough help from the guys who played really well in the last series. Reggie Bullock, as I said, was the only other player who decided to come along with Luka in this one, in the words of Jason Kidd. 
Reggie Bullock played 37 minutes, had 16 points and 4 rebounds, going 5 of 9 from the field and 4 of 8 from the 3-point line, along with 1 steal. So, Reggie's 3-point shot was on, especially in the first half. I believe that's pretty much when he got all of his points in the first half. And then, again, just completely falls off. Now, he was playing very good defense on Devin Booker for the most part in this game. I'm not going to blame him for Devin Booker still hitting some shots because Booker is a wonderful shooter. So he's, he's still going to get some of those shots the way he wants to in these games. But Reggie Bullock played as good as you could ask for against Devin Booker for most of this game. Um, so Bullock did everything he had to do on both sides of the ball for Dallas in this one. Luka did his thing, but then that was it. We didn't have anyone else in the starting lineup who did anything for a second game. Dorian Finney-Smith is just not taking enough shots right now, and the ones he are <laughs> that he is taking are just uh, really not very good shots right now. I mean, he airballed a, a ball in this one, and, and that's something we're not used to seeing from Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian played 20 minutes in this game, only had two points, one rebound, and one assist, going one of two from the field, and did not take a single three-point shot. That is something that is just eye-popping for me. When you're looking at how the Mavericks have played and definitely what helped us win in that Utah series, it was our guys spotting up and hitting open shots and, and being confident in doing so. When Dorian's taking zero three-point shots, that tells me that his confidence is not there right now. And it's something that I hope the Dallas crowd can get back for him because we need Dorian. He is our best defender, him and Reggie Bullock. They are our two top guys out there. They do everything they can. And that's what I was talking about earlier with Chris Paul. Dorian has been basically a, a, a all-team defensive player this season, but is letting 36-year-old Chris Paul tear him apart. And, and I still don't understand it. <laughs> I'll never understand how a 30-year-old Chris Paul just blows by you and does some of these things that he's doing out there. But hey, again, I'll tip my hat to Phoenix. They are doing everything well right now. They are playing ex extremely well together and, you know, they're clicking on all cylinders, especially on the offensive end. The Mavericks missed an opportunity. DeAndre Ayton was in foul trouble early. They had to go to JaVale McGee, who committed a lot of fouls. And then we immediately let, uh, was it? their third center come in and absolutely have a field day against us. And that's just, again, something that we did not have marked down as a guy we should worry about. Bismack Miombo came in and immediately made an impact for them. In his 18 minutes, Miombo had nine points. Extremely quick. And that's the problem in a nutshell. Phoenix is getting everything they want while we are struggling to get anything going. Jalen Brunson, who has been the number two guy so far in the playoffs for the Mavericks, averaged 28 points a game in the last series, has not been playing well so far in this one. And of course, again, fouls have a lot to do with it because he commits a lot of fouls early and he's getting frustrated. Brunson played 28 minutes in this game, had nine points, five rebounds and two assists, going three of 12 from the field and one of three from the three-point line. So his struggles are... Everything to do with shooting. He's not confident when he gets in the paint, which I don't really understand because you had a lot of big guys marked up against you in that Utah series. You even had Rudy Gobert on you a few times and you still found a way to be really efficient with the ball in your hand and making things happen in the low post area. 
Brunson has not been able to do that so far. And that to me is just kind of just <laughs> frustrating. <laughs> it's hard to say it any other word. Brunson is a guy that we have to depend on, that we expect to do some good things for the Mavericks in this series, but he is just struggling to get himself going so far. And it's something that we hope will change. We're only down 2-0 in the series, and I get it. 2-0 is a bad place to be in. But we've seen numerous teams throughout the last few years be able to get out of a 2-0 hole. You know, not to, to bring up horrible past here, but the Mavericks got out of a 2-0 hole themselves um, a few times, and then it happened to them in 06 when we lost to the Miami Heat, when we were up 2-0 and then Miami proceeded to win 4-0 in a row. Like, it's happened to so many teams. It happened to Phoenix in the finals last year where they went up 2-0 on Giannis and the Bucks, and then the Bucks came back and won four in a row and won that series four games to two. So it can be done. It's not like this is over here. The Mavericks have an opportunity to still do some things, but they need their players to wake up. Now, our center position right now is probably our biggest weak spot. We've known this for a very long time, and it's definitely showing its ugly head here in this series so far. Dwight Powell is just mystery relevant, as they say in the draft that just took place not too long ago. Dwight Powell just is doing nothing for the Mavericks, rebounding-wise, scoring-wise, and even his high motor is really not doing a whole lot for the Mavericks right now. He did get a flagrant foul call on DeAndre Ayton and got Ayton his third foul call, which does help. But again, you need production from your center position, and Dwight Powell, in his 13 minutes, had four points, and that was it, going one of two from the field, and two of those four points were free throws. So you're getting nothing from the center position at this point so far in this series. Because the other center that we have playing is Maxi Kleba, who in this game did not shoot as well as he did in the previous one. And that's to be expected. You can't expect Maxi to go out there and every game hit five three-pointers in a row and, and hit eight of them in a game. It's just hard to expect that from a guy who's never really been that. So Maxi is someone who... We will take his production when he gives it, but we can't lean on it and expect it to be a crutch to help the Mavericks win the series. Maxi off the bench in 28 minutes had nine points with three rebounds and one assist, going three of six from the field, but 0 of three from the three-point line along with two steals. So Maxi is a guy we also depend on his defense, but the big issue, we can't compete with the size of Jamel, JaVale McGee, Benjamin Biambo, and DeAndre Ayton, when either one of them is out there on the court, Maxi's undersized compared to those guys, and it's just making a huge impact right now on this series so far. One person who had it going in the first half of this game and just absolutely took his foot off the pedal for whatever reason was Spencer Dinwiddie. He is someone that we need to get going, and his confidence was going through the roof in the regular season but he has definitely kind of fallen off so far in the playoffs. He didn't play particularly well in the Utah series, even though he did have a good final game uh, against Utah. He played well in that last game, the closeout game. But in this one, again, he played well in the first half, but just tailed off in the second half. Dimwitty in 28 minutes off the bench had 11 points with one rebound and two assists, going three of 10 from the field and two of five from the three-point line. Again, both of those three-point shots happened in the first half, 
and he didn't hit anything in the second half. Other than that, the only other player that really helped the Mavericks in this one scoring-wise was Davis Bertans, who in 19 minutes off the bench had 9 points with 2 rebounds and 2 assists, going 3 of 7 from the 3-point line. And that was his stat line. Now, all of his shots were 3-point baskets, and the rest was, uh, you know, nothing else that he really does. He doesn't take 2-point shots. Everything he does is from behind that 3-point arc. Even though sometimes I wish he would take an extra dribble, and and take those shots because I believe if he just takes that extra dribble sometimes he'll get himself in a little bit better rhythm. A few of them he's wide open, but he still just quickly just jacks the ball up and, and takes a very rushed three-point shot when I think he has an opportunity to kind of calm down and, and make some things happen in a different way. So other than that, it, it really didn't matter what the rest of the Maverick team did off the bench because even though they all played in this game, it was irrelevant minutes in a pointless game that was already over. Now, when we're talking about our guys off the bench and maybe we need to try something a little bit different, there's a guy on our bench who I believe can actually help this series and help the Mavericks in a big, big way, and that is Marquise Chris. He's got a bit more weight to him. He's a little bit bigger than Powell body-wise, and he can stretch the field for you. He can shoot the three-point ball. He does have a good mid-range. I'm not understanding why Marquise Chris isn't getting a bit more of a run so far for the Mavericks in the playoffs. Even in the last series against Colbert, I believe he could have been a help. But especially in this series where they're throwing so many centers at you, you need to change things up a little bit and see if you can get production from some of your other guys. And I think Marquise Chris could give you a little bit of help at that center position that we need. So that was all the bad. That was all the, the horrible things that happened in this game because it's not like the Mavericks are particularly shooting bad, especially from the three-point line. We're shooting 41% in this game from the three-point line, and we shot 46% from the field. The problem is Phoenix is shooting 64% from the field and 52% from the three-point line, and that is what we can't have. On the rebounding side, again, out-rebounded by nine rebounds in this one, 34 to 25. And the fouls, again, I can't say it was all because the refs are calling things lopsided because there was actually more fouls on Phoenix called in this game than the Mavericks. So the Mavericks, I just think, are having a bit of a moment where they're in their heads. They're too much thinking about where they're at at this point in the playoffs instead of just having fun and going out there and being the team that we've seen all season. And I still believe because I am a diehard Maverick fan that we can turn this thing around. I just can't see ourselves continuing playing this bad. We can't continue this. I, I don't see it happening. We haven't done it uh, since we became a better team here in 2022. I believe we are a team that can still turn this thing around and find ourselves, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and get themselves back in this series as they take on the Suns again tonight here in Dallas on TNT at 9 o'clock. And Mavs Content Crazy will be in the building showing support. I'll be screaming my lungs out every single play from the beginning to the end and trying to give our Mavs some energy to get a game back in this one and hopefully protect home court the same way that Phoenix did and their home court. 
you know, the Phoenix did what they had to. They protected their home court. They won their two games there. Now we just need to do the same to tie this series up and make it more interesting from that point. I believe, Mavs fans, you need to believe too. We can still do this. We can still come back. Let's support our team and give them the energy that they need in order to win a game in this series. So that's going to be it for today's episode, Mavs fans. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. If you did, make sure you hit that subscribe button, like, follow, and share with your friends. And I hope you listen in next time, Mavs fans. Thanks a lot.